Today's episode of Locked on Wolves is brought to you by CBDMD. Getting a good night's sleep can be much easier said than done, but don't worry because our good friends at CBDMD have exactly what you need to get the sleep you deserve. CBDPM blends melatonin and other sleep-promoting ingredients with 500 milligrams of high-quality CBD to create a powerful and effective sleep aid. To make it even easier to get the year started off right, they're offering all of our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's cbdmd.com, promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD. You are locked on Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the co-editor of Dunking With Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the fan side of network. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy Timberwolves game day and happy weekend. Today, the Timberwolves will take on the Toronto Raptors Friday night at Target Center. Of course, the Wolves beat the Raptors earlier this week on Sunday down in Tampa. Um, So we will touch on that game. A quick preview. We'll look back at Sunday's game briefly. Talk about injury report. The Raptors have, um, have, I don't know, they have a player back and a player out. Uh, Different different Raptors team than we saw Sunday. And since then, the Raptors have actually beaten Milwaukee twice. So um, definitely will be a challenge for the Timberwolves on Friday night. First, though, I want to talk about Anthony Edwards. Um, I want to dig in a little bit on his overall numbers of late. Um, This was prompted by John Hollinger, of course, uh, co-host of the fantastic Hollinger and Duncan podcast on the on the Lockdown NBA Network. Um, If you haven't subscribed or listened to that, please do. He also, of course, writes for The Athletic and checked in on this year's rookie class and had a a short write up on Anthony Edwards. So I wanted to touch on that first and then get into just overall how he's been playing of late Um, since things have started to get better for Edwards, what he's done differently. And then look at his overall, uh, basically his his uh, tracking numbers, his shot types for the year. What sorts of sets is he succeeding in versus uh, struggling in? And has that changed at all recently? Um, has his shot profile changed and has his success rate in uh, in different play sets changed at all? Um, so we'll get into that here in just a second. And then uh, finally today, we'll touch on Wolves Raptors. First, so a quick reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere that you get podcasts. That includes iTunes. Google Podcast, Stitcher. You can also follow on Spotify and uh, r- really anywhere that you do get podcasts. You can follow on Twitter at Locked on T Wolves. That's at Locked on T Wolves. Don't forget the T and also at B Beacon. That's B Beacon, two B's, two E's, C K E N. Okay, so let's start with Anthony Edwards and let's start the Edwards conversation with what John Hollinger said over at The Athletic. So Hollinger had an article entitled NBA Rookie Tears 2020 Class, surprisingly decent with Lamelo leading the way. Um, of course, it's a subscription only site. So if you have a subscription to The Athletic, go ahead and check it out. I won't read everything, obviously verbatim because of the paywall, of course. Um, but I will say that in tier one, he's got, of course, Lamelo Ball, who's the runaway favorite for rookie of the year, as he calls him. And, and I don't think that's a crazy... Um, a crazy statement. Tyrese, Tyrese Halliburton, um, who's of course been fantastic, was another player I had highly on my board. Um, and then also Emmanuel Quickly, who was the 25th pick of the first round and has been really good for the Knicks. Um, by the way, just a note, uh, going back to my final draft board of the summer, or I guess it ended up being of the fall, uh, for this year, for the 2020 NBA draft, 
I did have LaMelo Ball number one on my board. I took him number one in the Locked On mock draft, uh, both the final version that we did before the lottery, then the version after the lottery. In fact, in the post-lottery live show, I took LaMelo Ball number one. I said that he would have been my pick. As it turns out, he's playing with another point guard in Devontae Graham and, being ex- and is already extremely successful at the NBA level. And, um, you know, obviously would have been a good pick by the Timberwolves. I did have Killian Hayes number two. That has not proven to be smart. He has not been very good for the Pistons. Of course, he's still extremely young. Um, and there's, there's, you know, again, all the caveats apply to us being like 40% of the way through a weird season. But um, clearly he would not have been a good pick uh, for the Wolves based on what we know so far. I had Anthony Edwards three and then Tyrese Halliburton four. Halliburton's the other player that Hollinger has in that top tier of his rookies so far this season. So it's ball Halliburton and quickly. Um, and then tier two, Anthony Edwards leads tier two in Hollinger's ranking so far in a, in a category he titled picking up steam. Um, he says about Edwards, uh, I'll, re- I'll read this part directly. He says, Edwards had a horrific start to a season. His words are obvious. He stands around off the ball, constantly loses awareness on defense and clangs rushed jump shots early in the shot clock. For his first 20 games or so, he delivered occasional flashes of brilliance, but otherwise was a destructively bad player. Lately, he's turned the corner. One positive from the T-Wolves season going sideways is that they've had almost no choice but to hand Edwards the ball, let him run a jillion pick and rolls, and hopefully develop his decision-making. It's starting to bear fruit. His last seven games of particular have been much more complete performances. He's averaging 18.3 points with an uptick in efficiency in that stretch while boosting what has been a non-existent assist rate. 25 dimes against 10 turnovers, even in his bad games, such as a three for 15 against Indiana on Wednesday have featured more plus passing and fewer head slap mistakes. And then he goes on to say that Edwards still settles for jumpers far too often, but he turns into teen wolf when he gets to the rim and shows uh, the uh, big dunk he had against the Raptors, the two hand slam, and then the poster slam um, around Doug McDermott uh, just on Wednesday. He says, Hollinger says directly, uh, or this is a direct quote, nobody else in this class is capable of that. Edwards is 19, still harnessing his impressive physical tools, and it may remain frustrating for quite a while going forward. But after a worrisome start, Minnesota has to be pleased with his recent progress. If there was a redraft tomorrow, he wouldn't be the top pick, but he'd still probably go second. Um I mean, that it's hard to argue with much of that. And I want to dive into the, the numbers regarding the pick and roll here because he hasn't been very good in the pick and roll this season. And his assist rate to turnover rate actually, in my mind, has been somewhat encouraging, uh, believe it or not. And so I want to dig into that as well um, and talk about what those numbers tell us as well as his play of late. Um, but but it is true. The Wolves have simply put the ball in his hands more often, especially recently, and just said, go figure this out. And now that he's playing with Towns, it's not a coincidence that his game has opened up a little bit more. Um, and so we could look at those numbers, the, the more recent numbers again, and give us a better sense for that. But but again, the assist to turnover, I think Hollinger's point is more that the assists aren't there, right? He's only got uh, two games this entire season with five or more assists and only about, I think, six with four. Um but the turnovers aren't really there either. I mean, he's only had three games with three turnovers or more, um, or excuse me, three, well, three games with three turnovers or more dating back to the first couple weeks of the season. So again, that's something that's improved quite a bit of late. Um, so I do want to dig into the assisted turnover. I want to dig into the comparison that I will always make and have been making to Andrew Wiggins and, and his rookie season and what that looked like. Um, and then also the play types that I talked about, pick and roll isolation, catch and shoot threes versus spot up threes. Um, you know, what do those numbers look like now that we're more than a third of the way through Anthony Edwards rookie year? So that'll be what we cover um, next year. Before we do that, though, let's talk about betonline.ag. 
BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even uh, even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time updated odds and props, and almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today at betonline.ag and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using the promo code LOCKEDON. Again, that's betonline.ag, a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Here at Locked On Wolves, we're covering everything you need to know about the Timberwolves, but what about the rest of sports? Now, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the fantastic Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. Okay, so continuing the Anthony Edwards conversation. Um, Clearly, he's played much, much, much better of late than he was earlier this season. There's no question about that. And that is obviously a combination of things. It's becoming more comfortable. It's having more plays called for him. It's handling the ball more. It's playing with Carl Anthony Towns. Um, he is obviously a better fit with Towns than he is with D'Angelo Russell in the backcourt. Um, so for all of those reasons, I mean, he's obviously played better lately than he had previously. Let's start with just the obvious. Um, that is going back to that big mistake that he had against the Spurs down the stretch. That was way back on January uh, January 9th. Um, he actually played fairly well in that game, but just made a mistake in the, in the final moments. The next night he was O of eight shooting against the Spurs, his only scoreless game of the season. The night after that, he was one of six shooting scored two points against Memphis. The following night, he shot five of 16. The following night he shot three of 14 and then he shot two of 12. So that kicked off a stretch where Anthony Edwards was shooting. So this is a game after the mistake against the Spurs and the next five games, he shot 19.6% from the field over those five games. And then you take the next several games after that, he improved, you know, was scoring in double figures again, but that was a total of, in addition to that shooting percentage, he scored in single digits in five of those six games and just had a really, really rough stretch. He wasn't getting to the free throw line. Then things started to look up a little bit. And then when Towns came back, things really kicked into gear. You, you go back to the um, to the second game in Oklahoma City when he kind of broke out. He had 20 points. Um, and then look at his, his games since then, even including the bad game against the Pacers. So what, the last seven games, he's averaging 18.3 points, 5.6 rebounds, 3.6 assists per game. He's shooting 42.2% from the field. And 31.1% from beyond the arc. He's getting to the free throw line three times per game. Um, it's obviously a little bit of a mixed bag still. Uh, and the shooting efficiency is not always there. 42% is not great. And 31% from beyond the arc is not optimal either. Um, but clearly there's been some improvement. Hollinger contends that it's because the Wolves have simply given him the keys to the pick and roll game. Um, Sands the angel Russell, Russell and just, you know, let him do what he does and see what happens and let him learn. That's true to an extent. In fact, Edwards has operated in the pick and roll far more often than any other play type this year. And it's certainly happened more frequently in the absence of D'Angelo Russell, because I mean, somebody has got to handle the ball, right? And Edwards is far more dynamic than Ricky Rubio. He's playing a lot more than Jordan McLaughlin and you know, why not see what he can do? In fact, 36.3% of his possessions, he's been the ball handler in the pick and roll. This is across the season. However, he's, his points per possession in the pick and roll are only 0.72. That's 19.8. That's the 19.8 percentile league wide. Um, 
obviously that's not great. And that's what's suppressing some of his efficiency and some of his overall advanced metrics is because more than a third of the time, he's when he has the ball in his hands, the Wolves are getting 0.72 points per possession. Part of that's decision-making. Part of it is um, Edwards does better in isolation. And I'll get to those minute, mom, those numbers here in a moment because he just does better when things clear out and he can operate with space. He can get past people and over people. Um, and when there's a big in his way and there, he's having to make a decision reading the defense based on how the defense is playing the pick and roll, there's just more traffic and more things he has to parse. Whereas as a rookie and somebody who's obviously extremely athletically gifted, he can just go straight to the rim. He can get past almost anybody with a quick first step and finish over almost anybody at the rim. Um, that's why he's been so good in isolation. In isolation, he's averaging 1.21 points per possession, which is 89.6, nearly the 90th percentile league-wide, but only 9% of his possessions have come in isolation. Um, the Wolves just don't run a lot of isolation sets. I mean, they just don't. And that's, that's a big reason for it. It's not like the wolves are calling too many isolation sets for Edwards. And I mean, he's the one guy on the team that should be getting these isolation sets, right? Um, clearly part of this is small sample size. And, and if he, you know, if he continues to operate in isolation, more defender defenses could load up and, and maybe he's not quite as effective, but to this point, I mean, it's not close. 1.21 points per possession in isolation versus 0.79 in, in uh, excuse me, 0.72 in, in uh, pick and roll situations. Um, the Wolves need to get him in isolation more often and let him do his thing. Even if he is, even if they do need to work on his decision-making in the pick and roll, they also need to put him in a, in a position that he's going to succeed in, and, and that's isolation. Um, some of his other numbers on handoffs, he's only, he's only operated as the... Uh, as coming off of handoffs in just a little over 5% of his possessions, but he's in the 71st percentile, 1.08 points per possession. A lot of times handoffs display themselves almost like a pick and roll. So you might ask, why is he so much better in handoff situations than the pick and roll? It's because it's easier to get downhill faster on a handoff than it is on a straight pick and roll. And there's just a little bit less traffic. You can just get the ball and go, get the ball and go downhill. And that's why he's 71st percentile there. The wolves don't run a ton of handoffs in their offense. Um, but it's something that they certainly could be incorporating a lot more. Um, watch a team like Toronto. Toronto does quite a bit of it, and the Wolves play Toronto on Friday night. They did a bunch of it against the Wolves on Sunday. Those types of sets where he's going to be getting a handoff from a Towns or from a Nas Reed, I think he's far better suited to operate in a handoff situation than he is in a straight-up pick-and-roll. And I'm not suggesting that forever he can't run pick-and-rolls. I'm just saying that his struggles in the pick-and-roll so far, if the Wolves want to pick up a win or two here and there, to allow Edwards to diversify what he's doing with the ball in his hands offensively would be fantastic. We know the story on shooting. We know that he's much better on catch and shoot threes than he is in spot up situations. Um, and in fact, in spot up situations, he's in the 16th percentile around the league. 22% of his possessions have come as a spot up shooter, 0.79 points per possession. So combined pick and roll and spot up so far this year, in 58.6% of his possessions, he's been either in the pick and roll or in a spot up situation, and he's under 0.8 points per possession in both of those play types. Um, but he's above one, uh, he's above a point per possession in handoffs, isolation, and on cuts, which obviously he's doing even less of, only 4% of his possessions, because usually he's got the ball in his hands. And if he doesn't, he's standing in the corner um, or he's getting a pass in transition and scoring on a catch and shoot. Um, and Basically, what that tells us is the way the Wolves are using Edwards is on the ball. It's primarily in the pick and roll. They don't run very many isolation sets in their offense, but should they? 
Should they incorporate the isolation more for Anthony Edwards? Should they incorporate handoffs more often for Edwards where there's less uh, less decisions to be made, less things to try and figure out with the ball in his hands. And he can just go and score. Um, and then when he's not scoring, the the cuts thing is partly the Wolves offense and it's partly Edwards' lack of awareness and just standing off the ball and not cutting. I mean, would it surprise you to learn that the percent, that the percentage of possessions in which Anthony Edwards finished with a cut was lowest on the team? It shocked me to find out he was actually lowest on the team in, in frequency of cuts, 4.1%. Um, I mean, Nas Reed... Obviously, Jake Lay, I mean, Carl Anthony Towns, all these guys are getting a higher frequency of possessions cutting throughout a game than Anthony Edwards. And a lot of that is because of his lack of awareness and lack of um, understanding of of uh, of spacing and when to cut and timing and all those different things. Um, and that continues to be an issue really on both ends of the floor uh, for Edwards is the complete understanding of what to do and when. And again, he's he's um, a rookie. He's a young rookie. We get that. And so there's there's plenty of of understanding to be had there, but it's one of the issues with his game so far this season is, is, you know, we're again, 50 over 58% of his possessions as a, in a spot up situation or pick and roll. And he's well under 0.8 points per possession with those combined isolation handoffs and cuts. He's over 1.1 possession combined in all those, uh, in all those areas, um, catch and shoot threes. He's shooting 33.8%. So basically 34% about league average. And he's only 29.6% on pull-ups from outside the arc. So, uh, that's not a surprise either. And if you dig a little bit further into, um, and this isn't again, file this under the category of not surprised, but looking at the numbers to back it up, when he doesn't take a dribble, Edwards shoots 34% on threes. When he takes one dribble and, you know, think about every time you've seen him take like a rhythm dribble and step into a three, he's shooting 37.9%, 38% with one dribble. Anything past that, two dribbles, 30%, three to six dribbles, 26.9%, more than seven dribbles, he's shooting 18.8% on threes. So all of that is, is um, you know, it just confirms what we already know about Anthony Edwards, which is he is far better in a catch and shoot situation from outside the arc. He's better in isolation. He doesn't cut very often. He um, is is improving in the pick and roll and certainly improved his frequency in the pick and roll, but is struggling with his decision making. Um, all those things we know. But again, playing with Carl Anthony Towns recently has been much, much better for Edwards. Those recent numbers. I mean, I, I gave the averages over the last seven games, but I mean, he scored 20 or more points in four of the last seven games. Um, he is, he's had uh, in the last seven games, he's had four or more assists four times. He's had his career high of five once in the last seven games. He's had five or more rebounds in each of the last four games. That's something we haven't seen from him really all year. He'd only had two previous games where he had five or more rebounds. And the last four games, he's had five or more rebounds, including two seven rebound games. So all of these things play into Edwards' clear improvement. The Wolves are giving him the ball more. They're making, they're allowing him to make more decisions and they're allowing him to fail. And, and that, you know, maybe that plays into the stealth tanking conversation and maybe it just simply is them giving the keys to the offense to their number one pick. I mean, also another player Hollinger talks about in his article is Obi Toppin, who's barely getting run for the Knicks and the Knicks have surprised people with how good they are this year. I mean, they're 14 and 16, but they're still way better than people yours truly included thought they would actually be. But that goes back to Tom Thibodeau. I mean, they traded for Derrick Rose. They're playing Obi Toppin like eight, nine, 10, 11 minutes a game. Um, that's probably not the approach that you should be taking if you're the New York Knicks, right? Um, unless they're, I mean, clearly they're trying to prove that they're not a disaster and they want to attract free agents and that's typically what they do. Um, but like a team like the Wolves, 
giving the keys to Anthony Edwards isn't necessarily because they're trying to lose. It's because they want to see what they have. And if he can continue to improve and they win games, that's the best case scenario. If they don't win games, maybe they get to keep their pick and Edwards is still getting the chance to improve. So um, I think to circle this back around to self tanking, which has been such a hot topic, um, you know, I, I guess you could argue that the two are linked. But if nothing else, Edwards has showed that improvement over the last few games, and that's been a lot of fun to watch. Um, obviously, these are numbers we'll have to keep an eye on moving forward is how is he operating in these different play types? Is he improving in the pick and roll um, or not? And and I think those things will be really interesting to look at as we as we move through the season. Okay, next up, I want to do a quick preview of Wolves Raptors and talk about what Toronto's been up to since they last played the Timberwolves. Uh, first, though, let's talk about Built Bar. I've all, already talked plenty about how Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar of all time. It tastes exactly like a candy bar. But now, today, there's a flash sale for the Coconut Puff Bar. Today only, Friday, February 19th, luscious chocolate soft marshmallow made with premium collagen protein blend, 16 grams of protein, 130 calories, and only six grams of sugar. They're gluten-free. They're preservative-free. It's a limited time flash sale, one day only. I'm going to order mine as soon as I'm done recording this podcast. So get over to Built Bar. Com and order your coconut puff bars as part of the flash sale. Again, Built Bar tastes exactly like a candy bar. Don't miss this sale. One day only, coconut puff bars. Get them now at BuiltBar.com. Fridays on Lockdown NBA. Join Anthony Irwin of Lockdown Lakers and Adam Morris of Lockdown Nuggets for a wrap-up of the biggest stories around the league. Anthony and Adam bring you game recaps, weekend previews, and a weekly NBA power ranking that you can't miss. Subscribe to the Lockdown NBA podcast today wherever you get podcasts. Okay, let's talk Wolves-Raptors. So the Wolves beat the Raptors, of course, just on Sunday. And since then, Toronto has beat the Milwaukee Bucks twice, once at home and once on the road. And um, they've also gotten OG Ananobi back from injury. He did not play in the Wolves game on Sunday, but they've lost Kyle Lowry. Lowry didn't play on Thursday against the Bucks uh, with a sprained thumb, and he's also out Friday in Minnesota. Um, so no Lowry. Lowry, of course, led the Raptors on Sunday and scoring 24 points. The Basically, the thing that kept the Raptors in the game was Lowry's propensity to get to, to draw fouls. Um, and the Wolves have struggled of late to defend without fouling. And Lowry took advantage of that, got to the free throw line 12 times in that game, scored 10 of his 24 points at the charity stripe. So um, no Lowry to contend with, but OG Ananobi will be there, which obviously improves their defense and also adds just another weapon offensively. Um, but plenty of Fred Van Vliet is the Wolves are going to get a heavy dose of Van Vliet in this game. Looking back to the Wolves Raptors game on Sunday, remember this was the game when, when Towns fouled out in the final moments of the game, the Wolves kind of almost kicked the way down, kicked away the game down the stretch a couple of times, got lucky because Toronto did the same thing. Pascal Siakam misses the potential game time shot and the Wolves hang on win. Towns had 20 and 11 with three assists and three blocks, but he turned it over seven times, fouled out and only attempted 11 shots in the game. And I had said this in the preview on uh, the weekend show before Wolves Raptors on Sunday night, but I mean, the Raptors are a team that Towns should really dominate. Um, Aaron Baines is not a great defensive center. Chris Boucher is fine off the bench, but this isn't a super dominant front court. The Raptors are last in the NBA in rebound, total rebounds per game. Um, they are they are top 10 in block shots per game, but that's not something that's going to deter Towns a whole lot. And this defense is really middle of the pack. They're not a dominant defense, and they you can put them in the pick and roll and really make, make, like difficult, make life difficult for bigs like Aaron Baines. So, of course, right after I got done talking about how the Wolves should allow Edwards to play in isolation more often instead of in the pick and roll, this isn't the game to do that. 
Um, the, the Raptors have enough good perimeter defenders, whether it's Siakam or Ananobi or whoever else, that they could stick on Edwards and probably do a pretty good job on him in isolation. Pick and roll actually probably is the way to attack this Raptors defense. And I don't know that it's a lot of a heavy dose of Edwards in the pick and roll either. I think there's a lot of Ricky Rubio in the pick and roll. I think getting Van Vliet caught up in the pick and roll, getting Aaron Baines caught up in the pick and roll would be the best way to attack the Raptors and try and mitigate their dominant perimeter defenders as much as possible. Um, remember on Sunday, Rubio and Beasley each shot the ball 13 times. Anthony Edwards attempted 15 shots and Rubio and Beasley combined to be eight of 18 from beyond, or excuse me, 10 of 18 from beyond the arc. Rubio had 16 and five Beasley had 20 and six. It was just kind of a weird game for the Wolves. Their offense was clicking on all cylinders, but it was, it was really not towns centric. Um, I mean, the Wolves had 116 points, but Towns only shot the ball 11 times. And it's not like they had, uh, you know, no D'Angelo Russell, obviously, either. So it was just an overall efficient offensive attack. And to continue doing what they did Sunday, to sprinkle in some more pick and roll, I think is probably the best way to attack the Raptors. But there's no excuse for Towns to only shoot the ball 11 times ever, especially against a defense like the Raptors, which is, um, you know, far, it's built to dominate on the perimeter more so than in the paint. And this is a game that Towns should really dominate for the Wolves. And, and Minnesota should be competitive. Uh, you know, it'd be tough to beat the Raptors twice the same week. I get that they're 14 and 15, but they did beat the Bucks twice. And they are a good team. They have arguably the league's best coach. Um, so this, it would be impressive to sweep the season series against the Raptors, but it would also be really good for the Wolves to get a win on this homestand. I think coming into it, I said um, earlier this week that going one and two on this homestand was realistic and two and one would be great. Um, they couldn't, they, you know, they lost the last two, but the Raptors are a winnable game, especially with no Kyle Lowry. Um, so hopefully they can pull it out on Friday night. Coming up after Friday's game against the Raptors, the Wolves have a four-game Eastern Conference road trip with the Knicks, Bucks, Bulls, and Wizards on tap. Of course, at New York, at Chicago, and at Washington are all winnable games. Still, it'd be great to see a win on the final game of this homestand before heading out on the road for, uh, you know, 10 days or so. Um, so, the schedule, you know, gets a little easier, but these are all road games upcoming. So, um, and then they finish the first half with Phoenix and Charlotte at home. Um, the Charlotte games on Wednesday, March 3rd and the final game of the first half schedule. Um, also I would expect we would get that second half schedule at some point in the next few days. So we'll probably have that to talk about early next week. We will have a post game pod following Wolves Raptors on Friday that will post Sunday. We'll also peek ahead with a Wolves Knicks preview again. Um, lockdown Wolves of course is a daily podcast. So we'll also be back Monday. We'll be back Monday through Friday of next week throughout the road trip, previewing, recapping games, hitting on any major Wolves topics that come up along the way. That's all we have for you today here on the show, though. Thanks once again for listening to Locked On Wolves. Of course, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. The Locked On Podcast Network is your local experts on the biggest stories. You can subscribe to Locked On Wolves anywhere you get podcasts. You can also follow on Twitter at Locked On T Wolves. That's at Locked On T Wolves. Don't forget the T. And also at B Beacon. That's B Beacon, two B's, two E's, C K. E-N. And uh, otherwise, enjoy Wolves Raptors on Friday. We'll be back with a postgame pod. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.